0: Everybody. Welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Justin. I'm James. And I'm Cleo. And uh, so this is our first theme discussion episode. Uh, so we've started theming our you know different series of episodes. And for this series, we're using the theme Kids Killing Kids, which is really weird and really abstract and probably a little off-putting. But we really wanted to talk about these things, and it was the only theme we could use to talk about these things. So here we are. I'm just going to be honest, we really needed
1: this. Yeah, we did sort of just fall into it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And
0: by we, I mean James, because <laughs> no. this was entirely James's baby. And I'm very glad it happened, but I'm going to give you all the credit.
1: Well, we knew we wanted to do Battle Royale and Hunger Games for something. I think that was the big thing. It was just, could we put those two together and then could we pull a game out of our hats? To Now, I will absolutely take credit for being able to pull a game out of my hat. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Yeah, so the three things that we'll, we're, we covered in this series of episodes is um, the Hunger Games trilogy, so all three of those books, by Suzanne Collins, <laughs> um, Battle Royale, and Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc.
0: So we had one, like, kind of good thing that just ends terribly. And then we had a phenomenal piece of cinema. I fucking love Battle Royale to no end. And then we had a really good game that, uh,
1: that you know it's flawed but really fun yeah i feel like we ended up sort of touching on a good way to put it in in the break where it just sort of like has this sort of barely controlled fall towards being something really cool
0: yeah <laughs> just sort of <laughs> there's just like a, it it stumbles very frequently but just sort of like stumbles trips a little bit and then resumes Carrying on, and then does it again later. It's like it's really drunk, but it
1: still makes it home. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, God, that game. But, um, yeah, it's interesting looking at all these side by side. Because you have, like, the degree to which each of them takes themselves seriously. It's very different. Hunger Games takes itself very seriously. Very Mm -hmm. seriously. Battle Royale, it takes itself seriously in some ways. But it's also, like, it has kind of some absurd moments. It, you know... It's it's a, it's a great movie that's just kind of very strange.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, you have the, the two things that really stick out to me are the popular girl, right? Just that whole character is sort of like more of a caricature.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: And then you have the, like, some of the death scenes are insane, just in general. Yeah. But I think the one that sticks out as the over-the-top insane one is the accidental poisoning that results in the death of, like, six people. Yeah. Because everybody just loses it, freaks out, and, and
1: turns on everybody else.
2: Are we talking spoilers throughout the entire thing?
0: I think that's the only way to do it. Yeah,
1: All I right. think at this point, um, we'll we'll do our best not to get into anything that we don't need to touch on for the sake of the topic, but I think that this episode is kind of assuming that you've you've been listening through up until now.
0: You've either listened to it and, and not cared about the spoilers and, and listened to the whole episode or you've played, watched and read the the things that that we're gonna talk about.
2: Yeah. So yeah, with Battle Royale, especially towards the end, it gets a little bit more absurd. Yeah, um, like the
0: whole final like battle yeah, with Kitano sequence. Also, yeah, I mean, it just um, goes blind. And-,
2: and then Danganronpa is very self-aware, very much a parody kind of of itself, while still remaining dark at times. But it's definitely the one that takes itself the least seriously. It is not yeah. like this is a commentary on such and such thing. But having said that, do you think this theme in general, this kids killing kids, the- and this is you know kids killing kids in a for entertainment situation, not like a you know a school shooting situation. It's very right. much this kind of sci-fi-ish idea uh, or dystopian idea of um, somehow we have ended up in a world where people have set it up so that there's a situation where kids are killing kids for entertainment or in Battle Royale's case, for some kind of like political reasons as a way to kind of control the population of delinquents in Japan.
0: Yeah. And that's, they're all, it's really interesting to me that they are all dystopian and that they all Are sort of, I mean, even Dang and Rapa are sort of giving this message about like the 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 downfall of humanity, yeah. Be it through chaos or like political problems or despair. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I mean, very Um, literally
0: in Dang and Rapa, right? Yeah, the political reasoning is is clearly there in both Hunger Games and Battle Royale, where like the in Battle Royale the the children are rising up against the older generations and that's the reason that this happens and in The Hunger Games the like districts rise up against their like overlords in the capital and and then this happens right it's it's fascinating to me that basically this this one story is what is told through this lens of forcing children to kill each other
1: yeah and it really is very much a a forcing in all of these, um it really is that situation of you have this this greater system, something in more control that takes kind of young people and forces them to lose their innocence in just the most like on the nose metaphor you can come up with very abruptly, and regardless of who that comes from, I think it was really interesting that the I guess. Just in general, before we get into the specifics, I think that in addition to the fact that we have this one sort of story that we really identified was very similar among the three works that we got into, is just how many elements were consistent from one to the next to the next. Um, Whether it's the sense of you have kind of a overly chipper introduction, someone who's put like a very bubbly face on it, Effie in Hunger Games, and the I don't I should ever get a name but sort of the mascot character in Battle Royale right um in the the instructional video mm-hmm. just having an instructional video in general um
2: for how to kill the other kids. yeah
1: yep. and it, the the star arguably of Danganronpa Monokuma I think that you know things like that and just some of those specific touches and you have these kind of larger organizations who are usually portrayed as simultaneously being like adult but also very childish I mean you have The capital, who seem, you know, obviously it's this bigger government and they're controlling everything, but you also have this very carefree, free from trouble. They just kind of are provided with everything they need. They don't really need to do a lot of work. They're very kind of cushioned by the society they've created, very much like a child. They treat the whole thing as a game. I mean, it is the Hunger Games. They celebrate it as like a sporting event. And you've got Battle Royale that I think does a great job with it, where at the end, the teacher has like a water pistol and has this very childish painting and you know he's been very adult through all of it but as you go he's kind of revealed to have more and more childish aspects than the kids themselves and again in Danganronpa where you have Monokuma and you have this kind of what feels like kind of the puppet master headmaster character but portrayed through this teddy bear lens it even just that consistency of Kids being forced to do this by people who feel like they are powerful, feel like adults, but then, as you explore them more, you see more and more that the you know actual mature people in the situation are much more often the young people who are forced in this situation by kind of their you know people with more power than them who are using that power to behave like children mm-hmm. and just that you get that so specifically across all three, I thought it was as we went through these it was like wait this keeps coming up again and again this is the weirdest thing
2: it's interesting also because we're looking at it, these these all all these stories have to do with teenagers for the most part right i mean like in hunger in all of them there i mean well in hunger games they have the there ability
0: some, to be younger in hunger games yeah the youngest they're, is like 12 right it's like right, 11 but, or 12 up to i think 17 or 17 yeah 17 18 but
2: basically we're looking yeah at teenagers um, cuz how old is the class in in a uh, Danganronpa. They're,
0: I think it's a high school.
2: Yeah. So they, yeah. They're
0: getting into the, is it the first year of th- a high school? Right? Yeah. I
2: think that's what the setup is.
0: Um, and then there's, and then in battle Royale, they're a little younger. They're supposed to be at the like lower end. Cause it's supposed to be like grade seven or grade eight. And none of them fit that. Like they all, that's the thing is they all look like they're in high school, but I think they're supposed to be playing younger. They just couldn't get actual younger actors to be in a thing like battle Royale. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Hunter Games does the same thing in the film adaptation. Everyone looks a bit older than yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, that's,
0: at least to me, that's how I pictured them, although I imagine their ages were actually more varied, but most of them, in my mind, were on the older end of the spectrum.
1: Yeah. I guess it's true as well. It, enough things do that. I mean, Game of Thrones kind of very famously versus Song of Ice and Fire, you know, ages all the characters up because you forget that Sansa's supposed to be like eight. Yeah. And yeah. what an eight-year-old looks like.
2: Yeah. I mean obviously these, I mean it's about teenagers, but the creators are all adults, um, I mean not a whole lot that's created by teenagers usually gets widely distributed. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see this kind of commentary on teenage life, because if you do take these scenarios as kind of a metaphor for the politics of friendships and relationships for teenagers and stuff, you're still kind of seeing it through the eyes of an adult, even, the, even if teenage audience like if, even if the audience is you know teenagers. And there are teenagers who identify with Katniss or <laughs> Shuya <laughs> or, <laughs> or or Makoto. Um, But is it supposed to be kind of – one of the big things in all three is this idea of backstabbing and betrayal, mm-hmm. right? So Certainly. it's like, who is your real friend? Uh, who can you trust when a situation's direstest comes up where – you can only save yourself by sacrificing the people around you, and in all three, I'd say there are people who are very quick to throw other people under the bus in order to save their own skin, and an, I can't help but read that as kind of being this idea that oh, teenage relationships are shallow. There's really not a whole lot of depth there when you when it comes down to it, and this and they're only really a few people who would be able to kind of carve out solid friendships that would be meaningful enough to them that they wouldn't go and like kill their friend or to escape for themselves, which I don't know. Like I keep trying to, th- and I know this is like, this theme is kind of ridiculous. And so it's kind of silly to think of it this way, but I keep thinking like, okay, real world, my high school, like one of my high school classes, if we <laughs> were put into like a Danganronpa situation, would we really be worried that someone would cave in and kill somebody else?
0: I mean, I would have been, like, I mean, I think it projects a, like, a cynical worldview in general, because that could happen to me and any group of peers that I have been in going back maybe to high school, and I could see it just going south. Like, there are definitely people who I think that I, that I know that would snap in pretty much every, yeah. But that's just me being a complete and total cynic.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of thing where people have been writing about that in the more general sense for a while. I mean, things like Lord of the Flies and, mm-hmm. and you go back and, you know, certainly the stuff that we picked was was more modern and we picked it kind of explicitly because um, we we did want to avoid things like Lord of the Flies in part because that's kind of a different thing. You know, it's more of a survival situation and then mm-hmm. this arises, but that, you know, we wanted to look at things that were a bit more enforced. Even so, yeah, that sense though of you have this community and in some kind of unusual situation in which you know, violence progressively looks like more and more and more of an option. Yeah, so I think that's the kind of thing where whether or not someone would do that in that kind of a dire situation is something that you you see explored a lot, but I think it's more interesting when you have something like this where there's explicitly, it's not like, this isn't like like a zombie survival situation where it's just like, oh, well, you know, and you have to fight other people and does someone go crazy? It's very explicitly a, well, now here's someone from above saying, okay, now kill each other. And I think that's kind of the big thing. Like when you have something like that, does that change the dynamic? Does it become a, well, now you explicitly set out to not want to do it because someone told you to versus you're sitting there. And it's like, well, I'm going to die of starvation or something like that.
0: Yeah. And that's, I like, I definitely see, I have a more, uh, I guess, optimistic look when it comes to like people needing to band together for an out, like against an outside force. Hmm. Like I could definitely see that going great all the time, but I I just do think it's like you're either going to be killed by somebody, die here, or kill somebody to get out. Hmm. Like I, th- there's no situation where I don't see that going the way of battle royale or Danganronpa. Yeah,
2: it's very interesting because then again with all three, there are characters where you could say you look at them and you kind of get the gist of who they are, and you're like, yeah. If I had to kill someone, that's probably the first person I would kill. Yep. Right. Especially in Danganronpa, where some of the characters are just like offensively, Awful. like just assholes or they're. Like,
0: I would just kill Byaki. Like, we all, we could say it. Yeah. Byaku sucks.
2: Yeah, we all kill. And like, you'd be know, okay killing him. In our games, it's Cato. <laughs> Right, you know, the careers like we, in general. Yeah, the careers in general, we don't who we don't know like anything about, so it's also kind of a horrible thing to say because like who knows, maybe he's like really great to his mom, like we don't know.
0: Sure, but he spends his whole life trying to learn how to kill me. So. Yeah, so yeah, so like, I want to him. kill him.
2: And then in Battle Royale, you have like, you know, the the people who are kind of the equivalent of the careers who are really enjoying killing other people and they're stalking them and not just doing it for survival but for sport. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's just it's interesting that all three of these have that in there to kind of, like, wet your appetite for the killing a little bit almost, right? Where it's like, okay, we're we're going to give you a reason to think that it's kind of okay. Right. As, like, as, a,
0: as the person who is consuming this piece of meat, we're going to give you a character who you would feel good if and when they die. Yeah. Right?
2: Because it would be such a different story if you put all these people in the same space and kill each other, but none of them are really all that bad. Yeah.
0: Which is, like, Almost what Battle Royale is, like really, if you take out the one guy, then all you have is like the girl who snaps and then like a bunch of people who either resign themselves to suicide or like try to
1: survive together, yeah yeah I was going to say, and I related to that with you know the one guy and the the girl who snaps in Battle royale I consi- the other thing that 's consistent across these three that one character where you 're like, okay, yeah, this person is dangerous consistently survives. Yeah. throughout almost the entire thing.
2: Yeah. And it is also the other I mean about the innocent person snapping right like the person who you wouldn't think would resort to killing. In Battle Royale you have the Lighthouse Girls.
0: Right. Specifically yeah. the one who like po-
2: tries to poison tries to Shuya, poison Chia. And then yeah. it accidentally instigates all these girls killing each other, so all her friends die and then she kills herself. And then in Danganronpa the first kill your first attempt at murdering is Sayaka. That bitch. Yeah, <laughs> She just makes me so angry. I trusted she, you. But then she, she gave us Leon's name before before she died. Yeah. But yeah. someone who you're set up to think, oh, this will be my friend and potential love interest throughout the entire game, uh, who immediately is the first one who's like, I want out. I'm going to kill someone to get my way out.
0: And I'm going to frame you for it.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Hunger Games, I'm trying to think. I mean, everyone... You don't, it's not like you see Rue suddenly snap and kill someone. That would have been great. <laughs> you see, like, pretty much. I mean, Kat, if anyone. Candace is kind of ruthless from the beginning, I'd say. Oh, not yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, she's out to survive. She's, she's not like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And then she does it. If anyone, PETA maybe is. But he doesn't get corrupted by the end, even. Yeah, fucking PETA. And he gets. Yeah, but. So. I don't know. It's just. It's interesting that these archetypes that kind of exist in all three. In, yeah. the, in the kids killing killed, kids drama.
0: Now I just, see, I just have this mental image in my head of Rue and Katniss going, like, full career on on the Hunger Games in the oh. first book. yeah. And they just, like, Rue is, like, jumping through the trees and using her bird call to get people's attention, and Katniss is just, like, just one shot through the head, <laughs> through the heart, whatever, and just, like, taking out the competition, like, no problem. Would have been a great book. <laughs> Very different book. <laughs> very different book. No larger meaning. Just senseless murder. Just violence.
2: Fanfic time, Justin. I'm counting on you. Damn it. <laughs> it's funny because out of all three, I think Danganronpa is probably the most optimistic at the at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the one where, you know, hope prevails. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, even, very like... Literally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Makoto um, is the
2: ultimate hope, it turns out. Right.
0: And, um, and yeah, in, in Battle Royale, it... I mean, it ends kind of awfully, right? Like, yeah. the Battle Royale is going to keep happening, probably, and, like, the two... The, the guys who managed to survive are just on the run. Yeah,
2: and then knowing what happens in 2, it just makes it worse.
0: Right, but, you know, we don't have to acknowledge yeah, we're, that Yeah, like, Battle
2: Royale 2, what? No. Um, um, there was
0: never a sequel, but... And then even in in Hunger Games, right, like you get to the end of Mockingjay and she realizes that coin is is literally the other side of the fucking coin to Snow. It's the worst fucking name joke ever. (laughs) Um, And so she takes out coin knowing that Snow's going to die anyway, and then they can have a real like government that's whatever, all this bullshit. And it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's just this. I I'm rambling now. Yeah, but then the life that Katniss that.
2: the life that Katniss resigns herself to is like, oh, I'm gonna get married and have kids, and we don't see kind of what her survival amounted to besides that, which is something which which is like the most generic happy ending ever, right? Right.
0: She just gets to settle back down in District Twelve and have a family and like have a happy life, more or less. It seems, yeah. but like it it still goes out of its way to to like yeah just politicians are evil and the government sucks and the world is going to
1: suck eventually and
2: It's very libertarian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't even really put these two together until right now. But the happy ending quote unquote of The Hunger Games is literally the bad ending for Danganronpa. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, yeah. You're totally yeah. right
0: about that. Um
1: <laughs> that's the one where if you get that ending the game, like, rewinds and puts you back to the point where you can get the ending that you're supposed to get, which is, fuck a happy life. Like, let's make the world a better place and don't stop fighting for that. Like, you don't get to yeah. you don't get to say, I'm done, and just, like, live in peace and harmony as, like, the rest of the world maybe falls to shit. I, think,
2: I yeah, that's the other, just, like, Katniss never really, she's only, she, when she cares about the rest of the world, it's because she's kind of forced to. She puts herself and her family and her friends above... Yeah. The greater good of everyone mm-hmm. constantly throughout the series. Whereas I feel like Dank and Robin, given they don't get out until the very end and we don't really see what the state of the world is, um, The you know, we don't know what the truth of it necessarily is. Right. But they never stop caring about the people who are out there. really. I mean, like, even it is like their families that they're worried about, but they're also worried, like, what the hell happened to everyone I don't know, it's just it's interesting. Because Danganronpa, I mean, Makoto was very selfless in a lot of ways. The protagonist is a selfless person, more so than everyone else. And Katniss, I find, to be very selfish. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Then in Battle Royale, you kind of have, I don't know, I mean, I feel like they attempt to be selfless. And then at the end, they just kind of, they're the only ones who live and they run off. And so they're not really, I don't know, they don't. They're not given the opportunity to have like a selfless ending, I guess. But- right.
0: They they basically have to choose to survive, and uh, truly self selfless protagonists would have like tried to put an end to the battle royale, right or 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 done something. But it's like you know, it, realistically, that's what they did is what would happen. Yeah.
1: Which I think is doubly interesting because you actually do get that one group who like try and shut down the the audio tracking and try and like blow up at the headquarters of the people who are running it. Yeah, yeah. And um, they get
2: killed for yeah. it.
1: <laughs> Which I think is one of the things that's really interesting. And Cleo, I think that you put it really well earlier where, you know, we can sit here and say that Katniss is a selfish character. That doesn't make her a worse character or a bad person or anything like that. It really is just these are kind of different takes on all of these and that Katniss kind of like begrudgingly Starts to like bring people into that like core group that she has that she cares about, yeah. and kind of through that ends up working towards these these greater things. But I think that one of the real strengths of that series as a whole, and we touched on it a bit in the Hunger Games episode proper, just that that's something that um, I think a a lesser writer would have made Katniss's arc that at the end she realizes that it's important to like do what's best for everyone and save the world, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that would have been the very easy way to go.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a very obvious arc. For- yeah,
1: exactly. And I really like that Collins doesn't do that. And I think that that's the kind of thing where in a lot of ways, some of my favorite things about the hunger games are the things that Collins doesn't do. And the fact that she really doesn't take the, the easy way out until the very end, which is makes it a doubly disappointing note to to land on
0: yeah you get so close and then it happens anyway
1: yeah but anyway so point being though it's just that i i think that one of the really neat parts about all three of these is even though as we've addressed there's a lot of really core similarities to the structure they really do a good job of separating themselves out and making themselves feel very distinct both in how seriously they take each other kind of and just the it seems like the places that they land i think that you're absolutely right that danganronpa is the most hopeful one which is really kind of bizarre in a lot of ways like it's sometimes the most overtly hopeful but that they really take different things and you've got in battle royale you really have the characters who aren't trying to save everyone but are trying to save the people they care about but also at no point do they say we just care about like our our team to the extent of not caring about others you know they don't you know it's not like with Hunger games where katniss is like well i need me and pita and rue to survive and to do that i need to kill these other people so that's what i'm gonna do it really is kind of three very different takes on a very similar situation. I think that that lends a lot to these three different scenarios.
2: Yeah. Cause at no point, cause when, when we were covering all this material, it's a lot, it's three books, a movie, and then, you know, fair, like a medium length game or yeah, ish 20, yeah. 20 hours or so. Yeah. Uh, I did it didn't feel repetitive. I didn't feel like, Oh my God, I'm sick of this, like genre, this weird mini sub genre of kids killing kids. Like, it didn't feel repetitive because there was enough kind of like fresh material in each thing. Like each, all the creators of all three things had kind of pretty different outlooks. I felt, or were trying to kind of get a different thing going. So it didn't feel like, Oh, this is like the video game version of the hunger games, or this is like the movie version of Danganronpa.
0: You're right. Right. Like you could, you could pick up on these similarities and, and they would like stand out very clearly in your mind, but it was never a problem. Like, yeah. I, I remember getting to the start of, of Danganronpa and being like, oh, wow, okay, they get a bunch of high school kids together and they throw them in a room and then tell them to kill each other. Like, all right, this is Battle Royale. Yeah. And then I just played the game and enjoyed it and didn't keep thinking be like, man, I did this already. It's like it never, yeah, it never felt bad. It just felt fresh. Yeah.
1: I think the closest to it feeling repetitive is Battle Royale and Hunger Games. Yeah. And, you know, we, we went into that pretty deeply in those episodes, but just the fact that those are the ones where it seems like it, in that one, it feels like Hunger Games is kind of riffing on Battle Royale. Danganronpa, it feels like, just throws that out the window and just keeps the very basics of it. And maybe it helps that Danganronpa is so self-aware and that yeah. it's just like, yeah, you know, we know we're a video game. I mean, there's literally points where Monokuma will say things about it being a video game and make sure you go out and buy our other games so we can make a sequel. And I mean, there's one where I think uh, Hina actively says, it's like, but this isn't a survival horror game.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think Hero says like, "Oh, it's like one of those horror video games," and Hina's, like, "Yeah, but it's not."
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, but with the implication is like, "No, we're we're a different kind of video game. We're a <laughs> we're a visual novel video game with like detective elements."
2: <laughs> that was one thing I really liked about Danganronpa. Um, which I, I don't. I guess if I had to select a favorite out of all three, I'd probably right. Maybe it's just because I just played Danganronpa. It might be that I just like whatever the most recent thing I interacted <laughs> with is, but. <laughs> The fact that it had this kind of investigation involved, and it's not only oh someone killed somebody else; it's we have to figure out who, and the person who did kill someone else is trying to hide it. In Battle Royale and Hunger Games, no one's trying to hide that they killed someone. Like if anything, they're trying to flaunt it. True. Right. Um, Whereas this still has that kind. Danganronpa has that kind of um, that sense of shame still. Shame, well, not, I mean, you need to cover up the fact you killed someone in order to, you know, graduate and get out. But also, there tends to be a shame element where they they don't like that they've done this thing or right, they denial that they've done this thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like, um, even though Danganronpa is also the most just like absurdist in a lot of ways, it was also emotionally the most interesting to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it's like a very close toss up between Battle Royale and and Danganronpa. I I like the Hunger Games. I'm not a huge fan of how it ended, which I've you I know mean, I've already made clear. And it, it's it's a compelling enough story in general, but that's the one that to me feels like it retreads ground that Battle Royale already laid out. And Danganronpa, like you said, it, you know it takes the core concept and then throws the book out the window, and so it doesn't feel like a retread in that way. So I mean, I, it probably helps that we did Hunger Games first, and I had done it already. Yeah, for none of this to feel repetitive, but it's it's so hard to pick between Battle Royale and Danganronpa for me,
1: which is kind of a tricky thing to say, right? Because just because of what they are, right? Like Battle <laughs> Royale is like objectively like really good well-made film, right? It's it feels like and like film with all of the clout that that word carries with it. Whereas Danganronpa is a super tropey visual novel video game with I, it it feels so like I don't even know the right word for it. I, I mean, it, we kind of tossed around the term like low art earlier, but it so embraces that. And it really just is that so well. It, it really is kind of hard to say that. Like then I think that I think that you're right, that they genuinely feel in contention with each other. I don't know how the people who made Battle Royale would feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'd be so happy with us. Yeah,
0: and They'd feel in such good company.
2: Isn't it, God, it's because if, I I don't know, maybe several decades ago, if someone said, okay, in like the, what do you call it, the 2010s, yeah, that's what we're in right (laughs) now. What year is it? I don't know. Time travel. um, There's going to be this big kind of theme in media of kids killing kids. And teenagers are going to be really, really into it so much so that, you know, they wear their hair like Katniss. They get a Mockingjay pin. Like kids mm-hmm. are obsessed with it. They read the books. They like consume all this media um, wildly. I mean, that I feel like people would be like, "Are you kidding?" Like, "Oh my god, that itself is like a sign of a dystopian culture if people right. are so into." Because it's interest. It's it's violent and it is really disturbing if you take the time to think of it. If you try to take it seriously, which I think mean, *Hunger Games* I think tries to make you take it seriously. But why do you think it is that people so? I mean, I, I just remember once, this is a stupid story. Oh my god, I have to tell my Sarah McLaughlin story also. If I forget to Sarah McLaughlin, say Sarah McLaughlin, I'll remember. But first, hair salon story. You guys story. heard that
0: while you're listening, just remember.
2: <laughs> Alright, so first story. I was getting my hair done, like, years ago, back when, I think it was just after the first Hunger Games movie came out. And the girl next to me was, she was, like, very hyper. She was very excited. She was like, because oh, the person was asking, like, how do you want your hair done? And she was like, I am obsessed with Hunger Games. I want Katniss hair. I want everything Katniss. I'm just like I want to be her. And like, give it Katniss like she has her hair in a braid. She has long hair that's in a braid. Like yep. it's not fancy hair. It's not like she's from District 12. They don't have fancy hair in District 12. Um, so I, fr- that, I thought that was funny. But I also thought it was funny that she was trying to be Katniss. Like she loved Hunger Games so much that she just wanted to look and be cat like Katniss and be Katniss. Sarah McLaughlin story. <laughs> I went to see her in Baltimore uh, when she played like god i don't know how ever many months ago and she was talking and she she's like one of those artists who like she'll talk during her show some people are very quiet she like gives anecdotes and stuff and she was talking about her daughter um taking her daughter to see the hunger games and how she was kind of just totally horrified by it by the fact that this was you know a movie and books that were that are about kids violently killing other kids and it's made for you know teenage audiences right Mm -hmm um and she was like oh my god like why would anyone think this is okay i was just like totally freaked out by this basically and i and it is an interesting like and i'm i'm never going to be one to say like oh we can't have our kids watching violent things um i mean teenagers at least i mean i don't know if you know so a, a 6 year old hunger games but um but i don't, is it it is interesting that we have people who identify so strongly with these characters from this horrific universe that is supposed to be kind of a much worse version of our world now, like an unrecognizable almost in some cases. But is your reason that you think that right now, this time and place, it's become so popular of a genre or a theme at least?
1: It's hard to say. I mean, I'd imagine, I guess my first instinct is to say that it's because it, you almost have to think of it as more like it's, it's a canvas upon which people are, painting these other things that are appealing to people or grabbing people's attention because i I, certainly one thing that's been consistent across all of our conversations is that at no point have we ever i mean i think the closest one to this would be Rampa, but we generally haven't you know we have very rarely talked about like oh yeah this is like what the fight scenes were like or this is what the action is like or this is like any of the actual killing itself it's all been about what it feels like the creators are trying to say with it or the things that you're drawing from that that said i don't immediately know what makes that such a compelling canvas because there's something about it right that's working not just the fact that several people have done it but the fact that each of these is i think a strong piece of work right that you've got maybe it is just something about like it's a way of doing Loss of innocence, maybe it's something. It's a way of doing loss of innocence that's not sexual. I feel like that's usually kind of a go-to for something yeah. like that. Um, I mean, generally, America is much better with violence than sex, and maybe it's that. <laughs> like, as weird as it sounds, that it's an idea that people are trying to get at, and we deal better with violent situations. But, yeah, I think that's a good question. Like, I don't—maybe it's just we don't have enough of a body of work yet to really go back and look back and say— oh, these are the things that are consistent. You know, the way that people can go back and look at folklore about certain monsters and say that, oh, the thing that seems to make this frightening is, I mean, like, yes, werewolves are scary because they kill people, but the thing that seems frightening about it is this sense of kind of duality or change or having this thing inside of you that you can't control and reflective of rage or, like, the way that Buffy, I think, very famously takes, like, actual real-world problems and discusses them using monster of the week scenarios and vampires as kind of sexual predators and things like that. And there's plenty of literature on this, but um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's, we don't have enough to draw from yet, but it is really kind of hard to say, like, what is it about this as a basis for a story that's makes it work as well as it certainly seems to.
2: Cause another theme that shows up is the idea of kind of being abandoned by adults or being, you know, abused by adults where in Hunger Games, Katniss's dad is dead. Her mom is unreliable. She, like, checks out emotionally after the death of uh, Katniss's father. And she's not really, like, she's not a strong character. I mean, she's a presence, for sure, throughout all three books. But she's not, you know, a major character. Yeah, certainly I would not. And um, then Battle Royale, Shuya's parent, you know, one of them committed suicide. The other one ran away. And there's a whole speech about, like, why he never trusts adults, really, because he feels abandoned by them. And adults are the ones—and and throughout all of them—well, no, except for not Danganronpa. Throughout Battle Royale and Hunger Games, adults are the ones who are making the kids kill the other kids. Rampa, it's kind of <laughs> throughout the whole— a little complex. A little complex. I mean, there's another teenager who's kind of in, in charge of the specifics of the kids killing kids.
1: But that it is a young person is certainly a reveal. You know, yeah. it, throughout much of it, I up until that reveal, if you'd asked me, I would have. I and even the characters seem to make the assumption that it's it's an adult or a group of adults who yeah. are doing this.
2: So maybe, I and mean, part of it, I mean, this is something that's definitely throughout all young adult literature and media um, is the idea that adults have failed us, our parents have failed us, um, or they've abandoned us, or they just, or they're you know, downright torturing us in some way um and so we have to stick with each other of our own age group but then the other people in our own age group also kind of suck and are horrible to each other which i feel is i mean again is in all ya it seems to be at least to a certain extent you rarely find a book where a YA book where the parents play major roles. I mean, even Harry Potter, JK Rowling said that the reason she made Harry an orphan was to give him more agency. So he didn't have to like say, mom, should I do this? <laughs> like, is it okay if I do this? Yeah. Cause I guess, I mean, it has something to do with growing up and finding in- that loss of innocence and finding independence. I just think it's a really interesting way to do it by saying, Oh, the way that you become an adult is by literally head to head combat. <laughs>
1: yeah. I wonder if we're going to see more. I, mean, well, I guess, that's a bad question, so I was going to say it, a bad statement, rather, because we already have seen more. I was going to say, I wonder if we're going to see more things kind of operating in this in this area, but we already kind of have with kind of the various things that have sprung up post-Hunger Games, really kind of trying to emulate it. Yeah, like more Hunger Games. Yeah.
2: My mind keeps going back to, Ma- have you guys seen or read Maze Runner?
0: No, but that was the first thing I thought of.
2: Yeah, because it doesn't have kids killing kids for like sport or anything like that it's more of a lord of the flies survival situation where they're in a maze right but um it is that similar dynamic there are no adults present um and there's conflict between these kids and they don't necessarily know the best way to resolve it so often it does kind of you know lead to violence or like a threat of violence
0: and the conflict itself was forced upon them by adults yeah
1: uh, so we certainly mentioned – so we've, we can talk about things that are you – know, that might happen in the future and some of the things that are starting to happen now. But I wonder if we can trace back a lot of the similar themes that we saw across the things that we did read back to Battle Royale. And because we certainly talked about in Hunger Games that ostensibly Collins was unaware of Battle Royale when she wrote Hunger Games and yeah, the whether or not you – know, the degree to which you buy into that. And you see, you can go back and say, you know, maybe it was just extremely parallel thought, but things like that. And I would say, though, Danganronpa, though, you have a you have plenty of room for awareness of battle royale. It's made in Japan, whereas you know, it took a while for battle royale to come to the states. You know, it it was a it was certainly a phenomenon when when the novel was released and the film came out shortly after. So I think pretty safe to say that that was an influence on Danganronpa.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, to what degree these are people kind of intentionally working in that same thing and seeing, like, oh, well, here's this other thing that did something and maybe trying to work within that. I guess that's where my question comes from when it comes to whether this is going to grow. I I guess my big wonder is whether it's going to be the kind of thing that's going to sort of explode and then burn too bright and fizzle out. And we're going to get, you know, all of these Hunger Games. I don't want to say wannabes. Um,
2: yeah, I was going to say rip-offs, so I don't want to say that either. Yeah, Inspired...
1: I, let's say that these things inspired by the hunger games yeah
2: it could be vampires all over again
1: yeah exactly
2: because vampires i mean given that Anne rice i whenever I think of vampires Anne rice vampires were the ones i grew up with originally but then you had like the whole twilight thing right and that everything was vampires for a long time
1: sure and i mean you've got buffy before that um which again it uh, a different kind of vein but certainly operating in that same sort of dance between like vampires
2: and sexuality yeah and then you have true blood after yeah. yeah but yeah i wonder i have to wonder like is this i think dystopian for sure will keep being yeah, a big I mean, that thing drama has
0: always been popular yeah will always be popular yeah.
2: yeah i think we can't get enough of the apocalypse and it's int- yeah it's, it's even i mean so much of what we are looking at now on television and everywhere is post-apocalypse i mean even i mean like if you think of walking dead right and I'm trying to think of the... There's a bunch of stuff. I mean, sci-fi has stuff. Sci-fi channel. Um, but if you're looking specifically at things... Influ- I mean, in Battle Royale's influence on um, Danganronpa, since that's... The, I'm sure, like, I don't think they would say... The creators of Danganronpa would say, like, oh, no, like we never watched that, unlike Suzanne Collins. Um, the one thing that I kept thinking of was Kitano. Like, his similarities to Monokuma. Yeah. Because they seem to have a similar sense of humor, a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, very much so.
2: Where it's just like, oh, you're not taking me seriously. I'm gonna kill you right yeah. now and show you that you need to take me seriously.
0: Yeah, I'm bored. You're not making this entertaining. I'm gonna change it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Even Monokuma's voice when he's in the when you do the Japanese language, I felt they might have some kind of a similar accent, a little bit. Like I don't, I am no authority on the accents of different areas of Japan but...
1: There's certainly a similar, like, timbre to it. Like, it, whether, even if it's not the same accent, there's a similar kind of, like, rhythm to the speech. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And Monokuma is just, like, a, like a cute version of Kitano.
1: I think even then, just kind of structure-wise, I mean, you see things, like, at, towards the beginning of Danganronpa where um, Monokuma effectively is the one who kills um, Junko, is very similar to the beginning of Battle Royale, where you have that, like, one person who's, like, made an example of yeah. like, Nobu. yeah, this is what happens if you disobey the rules. And I think it's a, a lot of things like that. And I think those are some of the things where you really see kind of those structural things coming through and you see kind of how it works and why it works and that it works. But yeah, it feels very much like Katano and Monokuma are meant to be very much analogous to each other.
2: yeah because Katano, I mean, he has his childish qualities, but and it, whereas Monokuma is very much I mean, there's no subtlety there, he's a fucking teddy bear yeah. robot. Um I don't. Know, it's out of all three, again. Like it's 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 I it's I said originally that Hunger Games was probably like maybe the most bleak or took itself the most seriously. Battle Royale might be the most bleak.
1: I would say Battle Royale is probably the most yeah, bleak, hands down. But I would say you're right though that uh, Hunger Games takes itself the most seriously.
2: Yeah, and then I don't know maybe that's why I'm feeling more drawn to Danganronpa out of all three of them. Is because you kind of need. I don't know. It's refreshing to have a sense of hope in there, as opposed to just saying this is the state of the world. You've got to kind of accept it. I mean, given that Hunger Games, the whole thing at the end, unfortunately, you have to go through a kind of generic war story for it to get to there. But it's a you know at the end they do dismantle the Hunger Games and the Capitol. Um, I wonder. If, I wonder if anything could. Well, that's one one thing I would like to see if this genre persists is trying to kind of dismantle this if whatever the hunger game equivalent is like the hope's peak academy the battle royale but without it becoming like a war story because i feel like so many anything that's in speculative fiction tends to gravitate towards climaxing in a war right and i don't know whether that's just because i mean it's certainly i guess one of the easiest things to do it's traditional kind of to have things that in war humans are very familiar with war and honestly thinking about it i can't think of on the top of my head like a better way to necessarily end something like i can't think of something that would make more sense necessarily but i don't think that's a reason why someone shouldn't try yeah
0: for sure
1: yeah i think that the i mean and certainly we we discussed uh Rapa another episode a little bit but my understanding is that's and it's part of why my my interest in that particular game is much less is that's the one where it's it's like a third person shooter. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, well. There we go then. But you mentioned it a little bit earlier when you were talking about Katano and Monokuma, but I think one of the other similarities that we haven't really discussed so much is the the consistency of the kind of broadcast element for each of the stories and the entertainment idea. Mm. Um I mean certainly in Danganronpa Monokuma talks once he once the reveal has occurred about how everything in the school is being broadcast to rave reviews and you know, which may or may not be true. But certainly the broadcast you get this sense is, you know, is true and that the the point of the killing game is to show kind of the the last like scraps of hope for the world being pulled down to like killing each other. And we, we did discuss a little bit kind of the weirdness in Battle Royale where there is the sense that it's being broadcast and everyone knows about it, but None of the kids have any idea what's happening.
2: Yeah, like the first scene is a woman newscaster being like, "Oh, it's the winner of the Battle Royale." And she's like a little girl. She's like, "Oh, she's smiling and there's news cameras and there's flashes for uh, photographers and then yeah. that idea of it being kind of like something that's being documented or broadcast is totally dropped and no one knows about like everyone's surprised when they find out about it. It just I don't know, it's it's weird. That, that that's, that's like the one thing that kind of bothers me maybe the most out of from Battle Royale is that that's kind of just dropped, and we don't we're not like left with anything to guess what's happening with that, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's the kind of thing that Hunger Games and Dang and Rampa both I think latch onto really well, and maybe it is just kind of the difference between the world in the the late '90s, early 2000s versus closer to 2010 when Dang and Rampa is made, and this sense of Oh well, maybe people would watch that, or oh, people would watch that, or like it, that it's important to show that. I think maybe is sort of a you know, quote unquote like sign of the times sort of thing, and it's something that like, maybe when Battle Royale was being written and filmed, that people didn't realize how how much of a statement that was at the time. You know, this sense that like oh, that people would watch the Battle Royale. I think that's really one of the big distinguishing factors between Hunger Games and Battle Royale, and one of the ones that I think that makes. That helps make hunger games very much its own, is that this really does become like a sport that people bet on, whereas the assumption seems to be that with the battle royale you don't necessarily know what's happening during it it's you just know that it happens and you see who wins each time because certainly don 't seem to have cameras, they have trackers and they have audio but
0: right, but they don 't talk about broadcasting it, they don 't talk about what the world gets to see, they just show the aftermath
1: right, and it seems like that might even be the case where you know you you know the class that goes in. And you know the person who comes out, and that's why you've got all the people waiting around the outside. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the person who won. This is what she's like. Here's what's happening. But yeah, and so that's the kind of thing where I think that you know, even if it, even if you do say that Collins had seen Battle Royale, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. But really, the ways that she takes that formula and makes it her own, and I think that that's one of the really the really big ideas that she hits on and really manages to build out into something cool. Do you think people would watch The Hunger Games? Would you? I'd like to think not.
2: Isn't it, that's the thing, that that was an inconsistency between the book and the movie, because in the book they make it clear everyone has to watch it, yeah, pretty much, like, like, unless like you're ma- on your deathbed, basically, you yeah. have to go it's out and like, watch it.
0: It's mandated, either it, it plays on a TV if you have it and you're supposed to watch it in your home, or you're supposed to gather in like the town square yeah. and watch it, Like everybody is forced to watch it, because it's, I mean, it's the Capitals' method of control, right? Yeah. And so the only way you can consistently hammer home the message that you are the ones in power is by forcing them to see what it is you're doing.
2: Yeah. And in the movie, Gail says something like, what if we just didn't watch it this year? And Katniss says like, Oh, that wouldn't happen. But more like, because people are fascinated and would want to watch it rather than like, well, it wouldn't happen because it's illegal not to watch it. Um, but see,
0: I think it's more interesting how they play with it in the movie than in the book. Yeah. Right. The idea that all everybody might hate the hunger games, but they're all still so morbidly fascinated with it that they watch anyway,
2: which is playing off that reality show thing. Right. I mean, same way that people have to complain about the Kardashians and people are still watching yeah. that show. Um, not, not that... I mean, not comparing the Kardashians to the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't. I don't know enough about it to really make that assumption. But... And it's interesting, again, with the reality... Because in reality shows, I was noticing this on Top Chef, where it seems like people get... Elim- Sometimes ah. someone will be eliminated if it's, like, three people or two people... Between two people. And one of them clearly did like a worse dish, but they also are like the more obnoxious person and you really want them to go home, but then they're the ones who stay. And I'm almost certain it's a producer saying, Oh, well this person provides more drama, even if they are less talented. Right. So we should keep them for the drama factor
0: because the person being eliminated still isn't like, you know, the clear winner. Right. Yeah. It's like if, if it comes down to like the person who should win based on how everything is going, and, like, that guy, like, that guy's probably going to go. Yeah. But if you get somebody who's just, like, one of the people versus, the, it's like, yeah, they're going to be like, all right, we're going to play at the stakes.
2: Yeah, which is, I think, like, I mean, the career serve that purpose in yeah. Hunger Games. Game makers at work. Yeah. yeah. And then in Battle Royale, oh, God, her name, the, you know, the girl who is, like, the popular one who ends up going full assassin. Yeah, I can't um,
0: remember almost any names. Yeah. There are so many characters in Battle Royale. So yeah, I mean, there's 30 of them, right? Just I the kids. I think yeah. there's more than that, yeah. Yeah, and then
2: that's a lot. <laughs> I felt that way consistently throughout Danganron because I was like, oh my god, someone fucking kill Hifumi already. <laughs> and that, or someone kill... Yeah, I knew Byakuya was going to stay there until the end because he was just so obnoxious. Yep. Yeah. And then as soon as Atoko became Genocide Jill, I knew she was in it for the long haul. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even like Hiro that much either. Like, he really bothered me. I'm glad... Hina, I was surprised, lived. To the end, because she seemed. So she was like, nice throw- and likable. Yeah, yeah, she exactly. seemed kind of. She seemed <laughs> a little bland also, so I thought she was a throwaway. Yeah.
1: They do a really good job playing with your expectations in that game.
2: Yeah, they do. Whereas, yeah, in Hunger Games, no one has a question of, like, oh, the uh, the careers are going to, so at least one of the careers is going to last. I mean, she's going to go up against a career at the end.
1: Yes, some subset of careers. And then, yeah, it, Katniss is going to be there. PETA is going to be there. Maybe for the whole thing. Maybe, it, yeah. And this was an issue with the Hunger Games, right? Is that Hunger Games devolves into, you know Katniss is going to win. You know she's going to like make it to the end. The question is, who else? And you know there's got to be someone she's got to fight and maybe someone she's got to protect. Because if it's just her and the person she's got to fight, then that's not interesting. And even if you don't like, – I, I think we put it this way in the, the earlier podcast. But even if you don't know that there's two more books that feature her as the protagonist, I mean, you, you know. Yeah.
0: Or you at least know there could be. Because you know that the story is going to end in such a way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so... Kids killing kids. Weird topic. Yeah.
2: Nice and light.
1: I'm glad this kind of came together as well as it did. Because, I mean, really, like you said at the beginning, you're right, that this really did come together as a... We had some stuff that we wanted to do just kind of in our pile of things. We're like, oh, well, these things are kind of similar. It'd be cool to do those together. Like, could we... And we just had a lot of fun doing the the horror theme in October. Yeah. It was like, oh, like, could we... Pull this stuff together. Yeah. And you know that it worked out so well. Yeah. I know there was a lot of talk at the people. It's like, oh man, this is like a really awful like topic to really like say. It's like, all right, we're going to do themes. What should we do? Let's be.
0: Kids are going to kill some kids. Yeah. Everybody's going to enjoy it. And uh, we kind of did.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a good topic. I, I this: I was surprised that we were able to pull stuff together for this relatively easily.
2: Yeah, we were not racking our brains. I mean, it was all stuff that we were already acquainted with, at least, you know. Yeah, Yeah. to
1: some degree or another.
0: I mean, I'll admit, I don't know that we could necessarily do this theme again as well with a new set of things.
2: True. Yeah.
0: Unless we did, like, Maze Runner, Battle Royale 2, (laughs) Danganronpa 2, right? Like...
2: If I we think needed- Lord of the Flies would be interesting to put in there if we did, like, the survival situation rather than the entertainment. I think it right. would have to and be I that.
1: Th- it would, yeah, it would be a theme. Of, it would be through a different lens yeah. ultimately, right? Yeah, it would be much more. I think that if we were to do it again, it would be through, it would be through a lens of survival or, um, yeah, probably survival or something that's just more of, like, an offshoot. Um, yeah, I, I think the game becomes the hard one. Games tend to play it a bit safer at, at this games. point when it comes to that sort of thing. I think it came together well, though. Yeah. Pat on the back all around. <laughs> all right. I, uh, I
0: hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, join us for the next series, uh, which is Reagan Gothic. We're going to be reading the Gernsbeck Continuum, which is a short story from William Gibson, along with Radiance, written by Cleo. Help me out here.
2: Catherine Volent. Yeah, it's just basically the, it's described as like an art deco punk book about... It was, kind of takes place in a classic sci-fi universe where all the planets are inhabited and everyone travels through space on rocket ships. Um, and it's kind of a, about silent film and kind of a classic Hollywood tale, but in a Gun Gothic style.
0: And then we're going to be watching Zathura, which is Jumanji if it was a Gun Gothic movie, and I am in love with it.
2: Also Uh, has Josh Hutcherson in it. So if you are really into the Hunger Games and want to watch baby Josh Hutcherson.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're here just for the Hunger Games talk and you're going to jump out at that point, maybe stick around.
0: You know, just just saying. Uh, And we're going to be playing Fallout 4, which me and Cleo are very excited for. And while James may say he is excited, he is more or less tepid.
1: James is secretly very
0: concerned about getting to the end of that game. (laughs) (laughs) So join us for our next series and find out whether or not James actually does get to the end of Fallout 4.
2: Is there an end to Fallout 4?
0: (laughs) Find out if there is actually an end to Fallout 4.
1: You guys didn't tell me there might not be an end to this. The answer is no,
0: but it's okay, guys.
1: Thanks for listening.